0: hey good evening welcome welcome to my uh, welcome to my Wednesday night house (laughs) it is pouring down rain in Plant City Um, I hope it's raining where you are need to rain ah 659 very good. Glad that you're joining us tonight. Good. Got Martha with me. Um, I know that there are several of us who uh, won't be joining us live tonight. Um, going on right now. Uh, you've probably seen it advertised and kind of promoted a little bit. Um, a, um, I guess it's a webinar kind of thing a one in Christ that's being presented by the North Boulevard Church of Christ it's a uh, uh, what's it called Uh, uniting for racial injustice and reconciliation Uh, Tony Roach is involved with that and David Young Um, I have been told that that webinar is going to be available for viewing after the fact on the north boulevard church of christ in chattanooga's website and i would suggest and encourage you to check that out later on this evening or tomorrow or sometime uh, north boulevard church of christ um, i'm sure it's going to be excellent uh, i know a couple of uh, people involved just by reputation but i'm sure it will be done with excellence and um, you can watch it later and i know there's some of our crowd that is watching it now and I'm suspecting that they will watch this later. So isn't technology a wonderful thing? Yeah, but glad you're with us tonight. It is seven o'clock. I'm going to 7.01. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to start with a um, with a noise breaker. And I'm, I'm going to remind you again. Um, let me know that you're kind of with us and we're together I've uh, Jackie and Mary and Zoe and uh, Earl and Daryl and Jarrell, who is really Faye um, but I appreciate the encouragement um, I told Martha I don't know if it's just the rainy night or what but um, it just it seems like it's been a long day so but I'm glad we're together here's my here's my uh, uh, icebreaker you know we all use phrases that we know exactly what those phrases mean but we're not exactly sure where they came from. And if we were to think about it, if we were to take them literally, they don't really make very much sense. And we're gonna talk about a couple of those phrases tonight, but I wanna share with you a couple of phrases that we use all the time, that if we took it literally, it's like, I'm not, where, I'm not sure where that phrase even came from. For instance, I'm feeling a little under the weather. Now we say that all the time and we know what it means. It means we're not feeling very well. It doesn't mean we're really really sick it just means we're just not feeling great but it really has nothing to do with the weather it's has something to do with us right okay but when we're feeling better we become right as rain i don't know what that means i mean i know what it means it means hey i feel great but why right as rain i mean rain is wet it's usually uncomfortable it's usually something i try to avoid Somewhere, the phrase became, right as rain. How about, oh, I slept like a baby last night. Who came up with that phrase? Anyone who's ever had a baby knows that I don't want to sleep like a baby. I don't want to be up all night crying and wetting the bed. I don't want to sleep like a baby. Yet, we know it means, oh, I slept great. How about this one? Um, I've been working like a dog. Maybe you've got a different dog than I do, and I know there are some working dogs. My dog doesn't work very hard. In fact, every Wednesday night, this is the first Wednesday night that she is not asleep, right there. And the only reason she's not is because it's thundering here, and she is hiding in the bathroom. Uh, But uh, my dog doesn't work too hard. But we know when we say working like a dog, we know, ooh, working hard. Or it's a dog-eat-dog world. Never seen a dog eat another dog, but somewhere that phrase came to be. Um, he's a dead ringer for someone. What's that mean? A dead ringer. I, I've heard it explained that it was when you brought a horse into a, a a race that looked like another horse, but he was a fast horse. Okay, that's. I'm still not sure I understand the ringer, and I certainly don't understand the dead part. But we know that phrase. Little, just exactly alike. Um, I will tell you this, I am head over heels in love with my wife, head over heels, but aren't I always head over heels? Isn't my head always over my heels? If I want to say I'm falling for my wife, wouldn't I say I'm heels over head for my wife? But we don't say that. Um, And there's a bunch more, you know, cut the mustard, nothing to sneeze at, a far cry from Boys will be boys, which I always thought was an excuse for crummy parenting. Um, expect the unexpected. The put a penny for your thoughts. How do you do that? A penny for your thoughts from the Mike Fannies. And Karen. Thanks, Mike and Karen. Yeah, what does that mean? Um, steal someone's thunder, pull someone's leg, crying over spilled milk. The proof is in the pudding. I don't want to eat that pudding. You know, there's all these phrases that we use all the time and we know what they mean, and we understand somewhere there was some context where it made sense. If I wanted to do enough research, I could probably find the, the reasoning behind these phrases, but the reason has long since been forgotten. The context has long since been forgotten. We still use the phrase, though. Okay, I'm going to come back to that thought. We are in, uh, you know, we've been talking on Wednesday nights about... Um, teachings of Jesus and last Wednesday night we talked about the most famous sermon in the history of the world the Sermon on the Mount and we focused on the most famous introduction to the most famous sermon in the history of the world we focused on the Beatitudes and tonight, I want to stay there in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and I want to share with you a couple of Jesus' PowerPoint slides. Uh, if he were presenting a PowerPoint, a couple of points that he makes at the very beginning of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, immediately following the Beatitudes. And he's going to use a couple of phrases that we use all the time. And I want to talk a little bit about those phrases. But I want to remind you of a couple of things first. Remember, Jesus, we talked about this last week. Jesus is sharing a kingdom focus here. He's, he's trying to share a vision of what life in the kingdom is going to look like. And he begins by telling people that um, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are they that mourn, and, and blessed are they that hunger and thirst, and you know, blessed are the meek. And we talked last week that he was surrounded. By the poor in spirit and he was surrounded by people who mourned and his message to them was you have not missed your chance for the kingdom the kingdom is for people just like you you are blessed and we talked last week about the fact that this message that Jesus is sharing it is such a life-changing such a history altering message it's a message that Jesus is going to use really to launch a movement. Now we've kind of somehow got it boiled down to a bunch of sound bites, and for some reason we chop it up and, and we look at just you know a section here and a section there, and we talk about this one week and then we talk about this another week. Taken as the as a whole, the Sermon on the Mount is three solid chapters, but taken as a whole, it is um, it is really powerful. Um, it's a radical message. That Jesus shares—it's—it's it's countercultural, to be sure. Uh, it's also just a little bit dangerous. Sometimes you need to read; uh, you need to get in the habit of reading things in context. But just read it, start to finish. It, it'll take you 20 minutes. Uh, but just read the Sermon on the Mount sometime. Uh, but before we get back there, I want to remind you of something that um, God told Abraham a long time ago. Um, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Uh, I'm going to get Martha to write some of, those, some of these passages down in the comments, just so you can keep up with me. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. God speaking to a guy named Abram. We know him better as Abraham, of course. And he tells Abraham this. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you way back in Genesis God tells Abraham I am going to bless you but I'm going to bless you for the purpose of you being a blessing this isn't just for you Abraham In fact, he tells them, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Um, Um, You know, the the world's a mess. It's getting messier. But I'm going to bless the world through you. You're going to be like a, a blessing transmitter, Abraham. Now, let's step out of the book of Genesis for a minute. In fact, let's step away from the Bible for just a minute. Let's get back to Wednesday night in the middle of July. Anybody feeling blessed tonight? I mean I, I know we're in the middle of this uh, terrible virus you know I, I know that there's all kind of things going on in the world and I, I know there's all kind of issues and, and problems but come on anybody feeling blessed take a look at your life your health your home your family your finances your job your surroundings Anybody feel like I've got some things that I really don't deserve? Anybody feeling like, you know, God's really been good to me? Of course. Of course we've been blessed. We've all been blessed. Why have we been blessed? I think Jesus would tell you. I think he does tell us. You've been blessed to be a blessing. It's not just for you. Now, last week we looked at the Beatitudes. And Jesus is telling all these people who are listening to him, uh, all these people who are poor in spirit, all these people who are mourning, all these people who are, are, are thirsty and hungry. He's telling them, you've been blessed. You've been blessed. You're blessed and the kingdom is for you. And then in the very next breath, Jesus is going to tell them what to do with those blessings. You've been blessed. So here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to respond And he's going to share a couple phrases that have become very, very familiar to us. Phrases that we use all the time and we know what they mean. But I'm going to suggest that we probably don't process these phrases the same way that original audience did. I mean, they mean a lot to us. I'm just going to guess. They probably meant a little bit more to the people that were listening. And here's what he says. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. We're back in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. We know that, don't we? You're the salt of the earth. I I think if Jesus were sharing uh, an analogy in 2020, I don't think he would probably use that analogy. But it certainly fit then. And the main reason I say that is because salt doesn't mean the same thing to me as it meant to those people in the first century. For me, salt is optional. I mean, it's plentiful. It's cheap. Um, I don't know if this thing just showed up on your screen or mine. I'm going to hope that it doesn't. (laughs) Some Dell support thing showed up and I have no idea how to get rid of it. Matt. Uh, Matt, help. Okay, there it goes. Um, you might you might not have seen that. Uh, but for me, salt's no big deal. I've always got salt in my house. Uh, in fact, the truth is I try not to use too much salt. For them, salt wasn't optional. Salt was incredibly important. Salt was incredibly valuable commodity. And you've all heard the sermons. You've all sat in the classes. Uh, I, I've taught them myself where we talk about all the characteristics of salt and all the great points that we make about salt. It, it's a preservative. It, uh, it prevents rot and decay. It makes things more flavorful. It, um, it makes you thirsty, you know, maybe for righteousness. And, and all of those points are great. And all of those points are true. I just think when Jesus's original audience heard him say, you're the salt of the earth, that's not where their mind went. I suspect that for some of them, their mind probably went to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 18, verse 19. Put that in the comments for me, Martha. Numbers eighteen nineteen. 19. oh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was listening. Wake up over there. Don't pay attention. Wait. Numbers eighteen nineteen says this. This is God talking. It's an everlasting covenant of salt. Before the Lord for both you and your offspring. Hmm. Interesting phrase. It's an everlasting covenant of salt. Why would God talk about a covenant of salt? Well, because salt was so valuable. Salt had power. They fought wars over salt. You know, Roman soldiers were paid in salt. You've heard that. You That's know, where we get the word salary from. God says, I'm going to make you a covenant of of salt he says it a couple times by the way um and then in, in the sermon on the mount jesus says there's this there's this movement a beginning a movement this, this is really exciting and, and and he talks about salt and he said that you're going to be part of this movement you're going to be the the salt of the earth uh, you're going to be part of saving the world from corruption and rot and decay and all those things you know, so when you meet people, you're going to be freshness and you're going to be hope and you're going to be joy and you're going to be that covenant of salt and you're going to be a blessing. Well, As Christians, we're we're supposed to make things better, right? We're supposed to make our part of the world just a little bit better place as followers of Jesus. That's that's what Jesus is saying here. And then he gives us another image to kind of reinforce this whole thought. It's in verse 14 of Matthew 5. He says, you are the light of the world. We know those two sayings, the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Okay, hit the pause button for just a minute. Let's come back to a Wednesday night in 2020. Think about the most significant inventions in the history of mankind. I I did a little Google search on this uh, yesterday. I'm significant inventions in the history of mankind. You know, the wheel is always mentioned. Oh, no. I would think Adam and Eve probably figured the wheel out. I don't know if anybody really invented the wheel. I might be wrong about that. Um, for me, you know, personally, I was tell Martha, DVR. <laughs> <laughs> She's waiting for that. I said like the greatest invention ever. Um, living in Florida, air conditioning. That's a great invention. Um, disposable diapers. That's a, I don't know why it took thousands of years to come up with that. Uh, but, but the ones I Googled didn't have any of those on them. But almost everyone had harnessing electricity. The electric light bulb, one of the greatest inventions of all time. And those of us who have lived through a few hurricanes you know that we appreciate walking into a dark room and being able to just flip a switch and, and having the light come on. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling these people, I think he's telling us, we live in a very dark world. It's always been a very dark world. And people are desperately in need of someone to shine some light into that very dark world. Go back to the Old Testament again. Uh, Isaiah 42, verse six. I'll tell you, it is so fascinating When you start putting the Old Testament together with the New Testament, it is so enlightening. For me, it is, um, it's exciting. It really is. When I come across these Old Testament uh, uh, phrases and Old Testament passages that, like, wow, I never really understood that, you know, to put that together. Um, Isaiah 42, six, put that in the comments, Martha. She's already done it. Very good. Isaiah 42, six says this I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness, I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. There's that word covenant again. And there's that word light again. A covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. Isaiah 42, 6. Who's the light for? It's for the Gentiles. Remember, God told Abraham, you're going to be a blessing, not just for yourself. You're going to be a blessing. All the peoples in the earth, in the world, are going to be blessed through you. This isn't just for Israel. This isn't some inside club that we're talking about. This isn't some, you know, secret deal. Um, Isaiah will use the same language just a couple chapters later. Look at Isaiah 49:6, And again, this, this ties right back into what Jesus is saying in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Isaiah 49 6 is it too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth again in the Old Testament God's communicating the same thing Uh, yeah the world's a dark place Yeah, people are confused. People are misled. I know people are are trapped in sin. But I want you to be truth. I want you to be light to those people. Not just to yourselves. uh, A light for the Gentiles. A light to everyone. You have been blessed to be a blessing. That's Jesus' message. That's his um, vision in the Sermon on the Mount. For the salt of the earth, for the light of the world. A covenant of salt, a covenant of light. I want you to think for for just a second about the world that Jesus walked into. Think about what's going on in the world when Jesus shows up. Um, Rome is in charge, Jews and Gentiles are worlds apart. For that matter, Jews and Jews are worlds apart. There are the zealots who hate Rome. I mean, Rome just saw them as really nothing more than terrorists. There were the Sadducees who had kind of given up on a lot of the the kingdom stuff, and they cozied up to Rome whenever they could. Then there were the Pharisees who were building all these walls between them and themselves because uh, they thought they were so much better than all the terrible sinners and they were the only ones who could really keep the law and, and know the laws that should be known and kept. And so Jesus begins his public ministry in this culturally volatile mix of society There was Rome who thought they owned the world. There were the zealots who wanted to rule the world. There were the Sadducees who wanted to be like the world. There was the Pharisees who were trying to separate and isolate themselves from the world. And nobody, I mean nobody in the spectrum of that culture was talking about blessing each other. Nobody was talking about blessing anybody. And then this guy Jesus shows up and he starts talking about Blessings. And he starts talking about being a blessing. And he remembers when God told Abraham, I'm gonna bless you, and you're gonna be a blessing, and all peoples in the world of the earth would bless through you. And Jesus begins this most famous sermon by saying, Blessed, 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 blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, you're blessed are the meek. You know, you, 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 you're all blessed. You're all blessed. And then immediately says, but here's the deal. You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to help other people. You're blessed to be the salt of the, salt of the earth and the light to the world. Uh, no, Jesus didn't stop at the end of what we call the Beatitudes and say, okay, everybody take a break right now. Um, I'm going to change gears here someday when they write the Bible, and someday they're going to put verses in it, and they're going to call those first 12 verses uh, the Beatitudes. But I'm not talking about that anymore. There's going to be another section here. Now we're going to get into another thought. No, Jesus is just talking to these people. And, And I don't think verse 13 starts a new thought apart from the Beatitudes. I think Jesus is still in the middle of the Beatitudes when he talks in in verses 13 and 14 that you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You know, Jesus wasn't stringing together a bunch of these encouraging thoughts and witty sayings that we can share on social media. Um, and, And I think these people, some of them probably started to get it. But I also think in a crowd listening to Jesus, it was talking about, again, a really radical message. I think some of these people had to be thinking to themselves, wait a minute, you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to us? You can't be talking to us, Jesus. You can't mean us right here. I mean, we're the poor in spirit. We're the people who mourn. We're the outcasts. We're the misfits. We're the people who don't fit in. You can't be talking about us. You, you've got to be talking about the Romans with all of their power. You've got to be talking about the, the zealots with all of their passion. You've got to be talking about the Sadducees with all of their connections. You've got to be talking about the Pharisees with all of their knowledge and all their ability to keep the rules. You can't be talking about us. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. no. You. I'm talking to you. You're blessed. You are blessed for a purpose. You're blessed to be a blessing. I want you to be the salt of the earth. I want you to be a light to the world. And and Jesus is saying, um, here's how it's going to happen. Jesus is saying, i got a plan. Here's my plan. I'm going to love everybody. Yeah, I told you this was countercultural. I told you it's pretty radical. Jesus is saying, and he's going to say it in Sermon on the Mount, he's going to say it through the rest of his ministry. I'm going to love everybody. Um, I'm going to love the Roman centurions. Wait and see. A zealot is going to be one of my most effective disciples. Wait and see. I'm going to love the priests. I'm gonna love the Pharisees. I'm gonna love the Jews. I'm gonna love the Gentiles. I'm gonna love the rich. I'm gonna love the poor. I'm gonna love the men. I'm gonna love the women. I'm gonna love the saints. I'm gonna love the sinners. Especially the sinners. I'm gonna love everybody. But not everybody's gonna buy into this. In fact... Most people aren't going to buy into this. Most people won't get it and people are going to fight me. And People are going to oppose me. And people are going to tell lies about me. And people are, are going to set people against me. I'm going to be arrested. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be imprisoned. Eventually, they're going to kill me. Um, but I have a plan. I have a kingdom plan. Here's the plan. You, (laughs) you, you, little ragtag group sitting on the hillside here. You, listen to me right now. I want you to love them too. I want you to love everybody. And you know what's going to happen when you do? For the most part, and don't let it surprise you, they're going to fight you. And they're gonna oppose you and they're gonna make up stories about you and they're gonna set people against you some of you might be persecuted some of you might be arrested some of you might be put to death and you know what you do when that happens you just keep loving them you just love them more that's my plan who's in <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a great plan to you? Who, who wants to join me in this? And of course, most people said, mm, Yeah, not me, but not everybody. There were some who bought into Jesus's message, as radical as it was, as countercultural as it was, as dangerous as it was. There were some people who realized this is really powerful stuff this is life changing stuff that he's talking about you know the people sitting on the hillside they they knew which way the wind was blowing they they understood the 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 vibe of the day they knew the priests they knew the scribes they they knew all the really religious people who always looked down on them who always thought that they were deserved to be on the outside looking in that the the people on the hillside they could never be as good as all these religious leaders then here's this guy jesus you say no you're gonna be a part of this you're gonna have a place in the kingdom you have an important place in the kingdom now here's this guy jesus who he's not introducing some new religion that's the last thing they needed he's not putting on these layers of um, legalism on them That's the last thing they wanted. Here's this guy, Jesus, and and he's looking at the heart. He's looking at the individual. He's talking about the way that we interact with other people. He's talking about our relationship, not just with other people. He's talking about our relationship with with him and with the Father. Um, Here's Jesus contrasting what life in the kingdom really is supposed to look like. And is going to look like as opposed to the way every other religious leader suggested that life be lived. So he tells them, You be salt, you be light, regardless of how insignificant you think you are. Okay, you're the poor in spirit. You're the ones that mourn. That's okay, because you're blessed too. You haven't missed your child at the kingdom. And because of those blessings, I want you to be a conduit of blessings. I want you to be a blessing to other people, which makes all of us very important in the kingdom of God, which makes everyone a major player in the kingdom. I, I like a story that uh, Tony Campola talks about in one of his books, um, there was a time when his wife was a full-time stay-at-home mom raising two kids and they would go out to parties and, and gatherings together and people would ask her what she did and she always felt a little bit um insignificant when she said well I'm a stay-at-home mom and so she decided to change her answer to people when they asked her what she did and and here's how she would answer them and someone would say what do you do for a living She would say, I am socializing two homo sapiens under the dominant values of the Christian tradition so that they can be agents for the transformation of the social order into a kind of eschatological utopia that God has willed from the beginning of creation. And then she'd ask, and what do you do? You know, somebody would say, well, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm just a lawyer. You know, slink all somewhere. I think that's a lady who was kind of understanding Everyone's important in the kingdom. Kind of understood that I can be salt and I can be light. Listen, I don't know what kind of resume you have uh, behind your name. And I don't know what kind of bank account or what kind of resources you have, uh, you know, at your disposal. But as a Christian, I know what part of your job description is. I think as as Christians, uh, our description, Job description, at least part of it, is we're to be salt and we're to be light. We're to make the world a better place. When I'm at the office, when I'm at the store, when I'm at school, when I'm uh, with my friends, when I'm with my family, I have been called to be salt. I have been called to be light. I have been blessed. Absolutely. And I've also been tasked with being a blessing for other people. um, To be salt. To be light. That's my thought for tonight. I want to end with a prayer. And uh, then stick with me just for a minute or two. An announcement or two. Any um, thing I need to be aware of? Okay. Okay. Martha said some good comments and thanks for that. Let's pray. Father, we talk about blessings and we talk about ways that you have blessed us and um, we understand that we have been buried in blessings. Uh, Some that are so obvious and, and some we just have taken for granted for so long that we don't even see them anymore but every good and every perfect gift comes from above. And we thank you for all the gifts that you have given us. Father, help us to realize that we have been blessed to be a blessing, uh, that you have called us to be salt and you have called us to be light. And in uh, the few months that we have been dealing with this virus, uh, there's some different ways that we can accomplish that. And thank you for opening some doors that never would have been opened otherwise. And thank you for some opportunities that maybe we never would have had before. And may we be uh, watching for those doors and those opportunities just to to brag on Jesus and just to let people know that we're, we're blessed, not because of anything that we've done, not because of anything that we deserve, but because we serve such a good and gracious God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, again. Thanks for being with us tonight. Um, Again, if you weren't on at the very beginning, I'll mention that I know a lot of our Bay Area family are uh, sitting in on the webinar on uh, racial unity and reconciliation that the North Boulevard Church of Christ in Chattanooga is hosting. I have been told, and I don't have any reason to doubt it, that that information, that event, is going to be made uh, available anytime uh, in the future. Uh, you can access it on the North Boulevard Church of Christ. That's what a, a webpage in Chattanooga is. What I have been told, and again, I'm, I'm sure that's right. Um, there is uh,
1: yeah, um,
0: there is some information on that on the Bay Area page. Thanks, Martha on I think both BACC members and the public page, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and you can check it out. And um, I'm sure it will be very, it will be done with excellence. Um, I don't have any real updates on any of the Bay Area family. Again, we need to be remembered and uh, be prayerful for um, everybody that we've been keeping track of on Vital Concern. Um, I'll remind you, you, you hear us talk about Vital Concern all the time. If you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, especially if you're uh, a part of the Bay Area family, um, get in touch with George Klein. It is the best way to keep up in real time uh, for prayer requests and announcements and, and all the communication that we do. It's uh, secure, it's private, um, but uh, you know the Bay Area family sees it. And there's a real blessing to know that when I ask for a prayer on Vital Concern, that there's a lot of people that stop right when they read it and and, and uh, you know good father so um, thanks for keeping us all connected Um, we're going to be worshiping virtually again on sunday and i hope to see you then at 10 o'clock thanks for being with us tonight